0: And automobiles, there's a common denominator, 28 pounds of pressure in each tire for a balanced, smooth drive. You bought it because they told you this is the smoothest riding vehicle that there is. You decide, I don't want four wheels that have 28 pounds of pressure. I want one that has 10 pounds of pressure. on. What kind of ride do you think you're going to have? Bumpy. And that's what lives are when they do not understand the eight areas encompass every single area of all of our lives. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast,
1: a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your host Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you again. And this time, we're going to be bringing you a little bit of balance. That's right. We got Ed Staub joining us today, talking about his book and concept, The Life of Balance Versus imbalance. And man, is there not a better time of the year than right now as we are looking down the barrel of a busy summer to be talking about putting some balance into our life. But before we do all that, as we normally do, we want to break down the subject ourselves. And for that, we're going to turn to Brian for our quote. We
2: can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. Albert Einstein.
1: Man, going deep here on this Monday morning.
2: Yeah, well, I got, got a chance to go over the book some and uh, I can see that this is a lot about the type of thinking we're using it's like a when you read this book it's a it's a could be a speed bump in your life it's a stopping point where you go hold on where am I at right now where did I hope I'd be right now in in every area of life and where would I like to be in the future and a lot of deciding where you're going to be in the future is going to require you to use some different thinking
1: at the different thinking, Brian, is right on because, and we're going to jump into this with Ed, but I mean, the idea here is that Waystone Day isn't just about HVAC, plumbing, or electrical. It's, it's about your life, which is why today's subject is going to be so pertinent to what is to be the, the well-rounded you, all-encompassing, not just your career. Yes, that's what we focus on here a lot because we're designed to be talking about the industry. But if you're not balancing out the rest of you, there's going to be some problems facing you in the future. If you're not already enduring them right now.
2: That's right. Who is in control of your life wheel?
1: Uh, The subheading
2: big, big question asked in the book, not only who's in control, but who is, who is the focus of it? I would say it seemed to me, in the book, even more than who's in control of your life wheel, who is the focus of it, who's the center focus. So,
1: right. And, and that's, that's uh, a great question that I think we're going to jump into with Ed. He's got so much content to bring today. Brian, I volunteer that we just skip right to it and uh, get our guest on the show here. And with that, we're going to put Ed Staub in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Ed Staub. He has served as the owner of Staub & Associates, a franchise of Sandler Training, an international sales and leadership human dynamics training and coaching organization, and specializes in providing ongoing, gradual, and incremental learning to people who are serious about their personal and professional development. He grew up in South Central Pennsylvania and was the third of seven siblings raised by a single mother. Ed decided at a very early age that he intended to break away from the pattern of a drunken and abusive father and began praying for and visualizing becoming a dedicated husband and father based on developing life of values, harmony, and hard work. And as uh, one of those people that knows Ed personally, I can tell you that this isn't just fluff in some type of bio. This is, this is real life for this man. He lives it out every single day. And from what I know of him, has been doing it ever since he made that decision. Ultimately, he set the groundwork by doing that for Ed's 50-year business career, beginning with 20 years as a salesperson, terminal manager, and director of employee training with two of the United States' top 15 trucking companies, which led to the 32-year creation and development of his own business. His daughters, Kate and Kelly, offer a blend of spiritual, mental, and physical principles that promote living a life of balance. Ed is an author and speaker and is committed to challenging people to transform their lives by walking with Jesus Christ and influencing others. He is married to his beautiful wife, Tibby, and has 17 in their clan, including children, grandchildren, and even great-grandchildren. Welcome to the show, Ed.
0: Okay, thanks. Appreciate it,
1: Nate. Absolutely. It's good to have you here with us. Uh, We are excited to have you joining our show uh, to talk about balance versus imbalance because as you well know, our industry is full of a lot of hectic, imbalanced people, um, sometimes ourselves included among that company. And we are heading into summer, which for the HVAC crew is certainly the busiest time. Mm-hmm. But I just think generally in, in, in as a whole, the trades just ramps up. Like people are using their homes, they're in and out, they're doing all kinds of things, maybe doing some of their summer projects they're finally taken care of. And so we find that all three of the trades, electrical, plumbing, and hvac all just start booming in the summer. And what better, what better time than right now, right on the cusp of it to talk about making sure that your life stays in balance.
2: Yeah. And more than just the trades, it's like we're busier at work. Homeowners are busier. Like you said, using everything. Our kids are all in sports. We're, we've got yard work to do this time of year, certainly mm-hmm. here in the Midwest and, and Northeast and I'm guessing it doesn't change a whole lot in certain places, but everything is just busier right now. And it's a great time to uh, have balance in your life, but no better time than to start talking about getting balance in your life. Ed and I actually met, I don't even know if you know this, Ed, but we met 10 years ago this September is when I started at this company.
0: Well, I knew it uh, went back about that time, uh, but didn't know it was September, but uh, yeah. Terrific. So Ed, yeah,
2: Ed is a Sandler trainer uh, and would come in here on Wednesday morning once a month and do a, I believe it was an hour long training.
0: Yes, we did about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah.
2: yeah and I was in a truck at that. Oh yeah, it was longer than an yeah. hour. We'd, we'd get uh-huh. in here pretty early. So I was in a truck at that time and, and you introduced me to Sandler training and I'm now a, uh, a what is it?
0: Foundations member, foundation and sales mastery. We used to call it Presidents Club, but it's Presidents Club, S- sales right. mastery. Yeah. My book is uh, Presidents Club. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we go
2: back a decade. I, I'm guessing you guys go back what 12? Uh, 11, I'm working on twelve. Yeah, yeah. Just yep. good, good to see you again in person. It's been quite some time. You don't uh, you don't train the class anymore. Your daughter Kate trains it now. Yeah,
0: uh, Kate uh, is. Uh, and Kelly, my my two daughters are uh, taking over the day to day operation of uh, the training and the, and the growth. And uh, I'm I'm still now a little bit be behind the scenes, um, making the decision to write the book uh, after a 50 plus year uh, career in business. And uh, so, um, but this will. Uh, Probably put me back into it, read back into it a little bit more uh, because of the <laughs> right. uh, the emphasis on the book and uh, drawing uh, uh, upon what we've been doing for the past, uh, well, with Sandler. We just started our 33rd year. Uh, wow. Yeah.
2: And that's really cool that you have your daughters involved in it. it it's a family business at this point. And um, I've, I've seen you and certainly you and Kate work together many times, and you guys work together very well. It's uh, it's like. You know, I have young kids at my house, you know, 17 down to four, and it's exciting to me to see this kind of thing and think
0: maybe one day, you know. Well, uh, I'll never forget when the girls came to me at different times, and it went, uh, and for years um, until recently, our daughter in law was also involved uh, in the business. Um, and she and my, our son are now at uh, Hershey uh, School for Children uh, as house parents and using the, the training that we did all through, through those years uh, to help uh, have impact on, on young people. Oh, very cool. Uh, seniors before they graduate, junior and senior high before they graduate out into the world. For, for, and, but as far as Kate and Kelly... Uh, each one of them, when they came to me 20-plus years ago, uh, Kelly now has been with me uh, 25, 26 years, and, uh, and Kate, uh, 20-some. And each one of them, when they came to me, they said, Dad, we're thinking we'd like to get into the business. Because uh, when, when I started in 1990 with my wife and I, uh, we, uh, we called our days of temporary insanity, uh, <laughs> where we had two kids ready for college and one not far behind um voluntarily left uh, a 450 million dollar uh, trucking company uh, that I was uh, director of training uh, for uh, sales management leadership and uh, um made a large investment went to zero income in the middle of a 1990 recession with no uh, with no customers and Ooh. uh So that gives the basis of uh, of living that and and watching that come to fruition and building something which which was based on how, quite frankly, we got together. Uh, The type of people that I decided to work with back in 1990 was uh, who I write about in the book today. uh, Separating the what I call the what I have found working with the smallest uh, uh, to the uh, plumbing and heating and air conditioning companies to the IBMs of the world and noticing uh, a common denominator of uh, what I call the 90-10. Uh, some are familiar with the 80-20 Pareto's principle. Uh, in life, I've seen it get closer to 90-10, where 10% will do what uh, uh, the 90% won't do, but the 90% what would the 10% have? And we see that more proliferated now than ever before in the, uh, in the thinking of people uh, in this world. And I saw that way back uh, when, as I uh, made that decision to uh, uh, start this business with Sandler. I was one of 50 um, back in 1990, uh, most East of the Mississippi with Sandler as far as franchises. Uh, But it was based on internal change. Uh, It was based on, Ongoing, gradual, incremental development, growth over time versus the the world of motivation and the world of uh, quick fix and impact training, and that's still the battle to this day. Uh, and, but I came from the camp of uh, you no know, gradual and incremental over time is uh, a biblical principle, and it's it's real. It's the way life happens uh, for those that uh, will win uh, more often than not in life, but. Uh, whether they're winning or losing, they still have balance in their life. And I I wanted that for ourselves, uh, for me, uh, as someone, and if people read the book, they'll see that I am the third of seven uh, uh, siblings that was raised by a single mom after a drunken dad uh, left us uh, early on. And, um, And I made a decision that I didn't have to repeat the, what my father was and, uh, start a new generation. And that started thinking in about sixth grade. And, uh, by God's grace, uh, I have now for 50, almost 52 years had, uh, have the wife that I envisioned back when I was in sixth grade. And, uh, now a clan of, uh, with our first great grandchild, uh, last wow. uh, a couple months ago, uh, we're up to 17 in the, the tribe oh, wow. of, uh, Congrats. Stons, and, uh thank congratulations. You. Thank you. And, uh, but all came and go back to the girls when they wanted to get into the business. I said, well, I have to take uh, my dad hat off and put my business hat on. And I have to have a conversation with you about what this business is so that I make sure that you know, so that you know how much I love you, how close we are as a family. I said, so I want to make sure that it, uh, Christmas or uh, you know, all the holidays, that we don't have uncomfortable conversations because i had to fire you somewhere along the line <laughs> yeah so you have to know what it is and and they did and they wanted and and now they're living it they are they have uh clients that love them not riding on my coattail uh, kate is uh, kate and yeah she'll refer to her dad ed often but it's, it's more what ed dad Haller and, uh, and Kelly and uh, that they have embraced uh, and they know it's good and their focus is on others uh, and mine was always so on it. I never did it to enter train anyone with the motivators and the enter trainers uh, talk about. I did it uh, to help people regardless of where they came from, regardless of their background or sex or pedigree or um, family. It, it didn't matter where they came from. It's where they wanted to go and what they were willing to do uh to get there and that's what the career really is about and sandler the franchise gave me that ability and like i said i started i was an early adapter in 1990s sandler started looking for people like me who would start these what i called business health clubs uh in their local local areas and where people just like they would to a uh, uh, what's the, the the big chain now? So whether it's Golds or what's the Planet uh, Fitness? Planet Fitness. Right. It's the same concept. Only we work on attitude, behavior, and techniques. Uh, we work on skill sets, thinking differently, and uh, and then with a process of uh, giving how to communicate and sell and lead and and things like that. But it's over time, and uh, and um, so now today I'm one of thirty. Uh, Two hundred, almost two hundred fifty franchises in thirty plus countries. So wow. I, uh, at this point, Debbie and I are the fourth oldest in longevity of Sandler, who bought into something, and I didn't have to leave because it gave me the ability to uh, impact others uh, for the long, short term, and the long term. So uh, all this is a, a journey uh, now, which has led to me uh, putting it into the uh, to the book for the next generation to. Uh, to have um a plan uh and have the ability to um, what i call uh, diagnose their life to to really uh, take a look at their life through what we'll talk more about in uh, in the book how it's structured around the balance wheel and uh, by first looking at your uh, imbalance wheel uh, of your life your life wheel and uh, and then breaking it apart, each area of your life, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, work, career, family, um, financial, uh, social, uh, any area of your life, any and all areas of your life where you can just break it down into uh, the section and look at your, how do you think about that? And then accordingly to that thought process is how you behave, which leads to your results. so. If you're unhappy uh, or just really fed up, which the majority of the world is uh, with their lives, uh, help you really to break that down as to where you're uh, really doing well, but also mostly uh, what you want to work on to, uh, where you're, quite frankly, messing up. And you will admit, you will admit, versus somebody telling you you have to uh, do something different, you'll admit that what you're doing is not working, and you will uh, then commit to something that can work, that is proven to work. Uh, and you do that by submitting to somebody else to help you along the way, just like uh, you, Nate, and the team here did uh, to me as a coach, a facilitator of growth and development um, of ideas, but you had to run with them. Uh, I couldn't do it for you. Just like you can't for for your families. You, you can't do it for your uh, employees, uh, your, your team members. You can't do it for anybody else. And so it really is written to the uh, for the individual, because when, uh, a bunch of individuals uh, get good, that's what they call a team. Uh, uh, and the stronger each individual is then the stronger the team will be. So whether it's a family team or a business team or a church team, or, the, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, so, but it all starts with the one. Uh, so that's really where I address it by, uh, giving, uh, um, Uh, breaking it down so people can understand where they're at and uh, with then ending up with a game plan of uh, really how to move forward, a game plan that is transferable, it's reliable, it's proven, uh, that uh, doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, uh, uh, again, that you can do it if you're committed to saying I'm the problem and therefore I'm the solution. Well, that all
1: pretty much lines up with our motto here, Ed. I mean, the podcast is called Waste No Day.
0: Yes, I saw that.
1: And we're constantly trying to figure out ways to make ourselves better, make ourselves improved, and uh, root out those weaknesses, looking in the mirror first yeah. and saying, there's the problem. Yes. Right. So I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to jumping in here. And as you know, our main uh, listening audience is technicians, plumbers, and electricians in the field. So if you could like try to summarize the entire book into like a sentence or two and just say, this is why this matters to you as a technician, as a plumber, as an electrician right now, how would you address that?
0: Well, in a sentence, I'll say, uh, I always ask the question and, and, and I still ask it to this day. What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, hmm. Really? Uh, are you, are you happy with your life? Uh, are you happy with where you're at? Uh, and the book starts, uh, you know, when they're talking about it, help to identify. Most people aren't. Uh, the majority of people recognize that, but then they don't know what to do about it. So it's, it's almost like, uh, how am I doing? And uh, how can I how can I make it better? But uh, so the first uh, thing we do with uh, uh, really stress un- unashamedly is that. Uh, you have to decide. Each individual, each technician, each—they're just—they're people, and they, they have the same issues. Just like you were saying earlier, uh, Brian, about uh, you know work and uh, you know uh, uh, kids and uh, athletics or, w- or whatever that is, or whatever it is in life. Everybody's life is, quite frankly, you, you, you would help. It, the book would help you understand your life is uh, fuller than it should be. Uh, well, it's busier than it should be. But it could be fuller by being less busy, and this would this book would help uh, with that. It's just getting control of uh, how do you get control of your life, and you get control of your life by giving up control. You think you're in control, you're not. Um, nobody is, but the creator of the universe is, and I make that clear. Uh, uh, who is at the center of your uh, life wheel, your balance wheel, and with the, the imbalance wheel? It's always me, me. Myself or somebody else uh, is at the center of that wheel. The Those who are truly balanced for life, both now and for eternity, have Jesus Christ at the center of their wheel. Everything. And that then turns into who's thinking, your thinking or God's thinking, are you going to live by? And so we break that down in each chapter of the book. But it's really just to, uh, to give people hope do not have it. And the, and the research is overwhelming that most people are without virtually any hope. Uh, but those that still have hope for their future, this was written for them. To validate the ones that are still doing it, good to great called it a flywheel. Uh, or most people live by the doom loop. As soon as something's not working, or even if it is working, somebody's coming in and says, well, I didn't create it, so I want to be known for something, so I'll change what's working. And we can see that. Uh, you know, in the world we live in uh, today and uh, start over. And and, then they don't know the energy and the time that it takes and the effort and the expertise to, to, to work a new uh, way of life instead of just um, borrowing from wisdom. There's two ways to learn. Um, uh, You can learn by School of Hard Docs, wrapping your head up against the wall uh, for years. Or you can learn from wisdom uh, from others that have already done that and uh, are willing to share uh, that with you, so you uh, to avoid uh, and help, help your growth curve. So it's about growth and development uh, and becoming comfortable in your own skin. It's a normal phrase, but it's, it, most people aren't, again. So dissecting why they're not. And helping them with, uh, you know, uh, solid um, advice and solutions and ways of thinking that anyone, anyone uh, who wants to be more and wants to, then to have more than they have today, uh, if, if they embrace, again, that they're the problem. Uh, not anyone else. Mom didn't do it to you, dad didn't do it to you, government didn't do it to you. Yeah, there are influences, but at the end of the day, our choices uh, have, uh, we either have us balanced or imbalanced, so we really uh, really dissect that through the book.
1: Now, speaking of choices, Ed, you have trained and worked with people over decades now of your life. I want to focus on the imbalance piece first. As you reflect back on your career and the countless lives that you've interacted with and exchanged stories and sat across a cup of coffee and listened to what they were doing, what have been some of those examples of where imbalance has just completely thrown their life off off of where it was supposed to be going?
0: Well, that's excellent, uh, Nate. I really appreciate that. And what what I've done to to help us along the way uh, from that answer that question is I've broken down not just bullet points, but reasons why that has, has occurred. So uh, what I call the life of um, um, of unbalanced, uh, somebody that's imbalanced, uh, that the 90% or here's, here's a breakdown. So for those listening, you want to, you know, if you're going to be honest with yourself, just say, I'm in and I'm Afterwards, we'll give, you know, what makes the 10 percenters, uh, you know, <laughs> right. uh, how they operate, right. uh, how they think and so forth. Well, the, uh, the first one, again, is uh, the life of unbalanced uh, uh, people. Uh, they think they're in control. So they're at the center. Uh, so it's their thinking that uh, they're operating by. Therefore, they're behaving uh, by. And uh, so uh, it's me, myself, and I. It's all about me uh, type of thinking. And uh, you can, uh, you, you know, if you hear somebody talking, it's it's loaded with I, 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 I. And uh, nobody, and quite frankly, um, nobody cares about you. Nobody cares about me. Uh, they care about themselves first. So first, uh, understanding that. But there the difference between the 90% and 10%, the 90% are things driven. All their focus is on things versus relationship. Um, the They have huge disparities uh, between the quality of life uh, across all eight areas that I mentioned earlier, the spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, family, work, that, that type of thing. Um, and when they uh, try to operate under the false belief that they are really the ones in control, 90% look uh, at life in the mirror and fix the blame um of uh, instead of the mirror they look out the window to fix blame on everybody for their messes uh, and they blame everybody, everybody else for the messes in their life. Um, they live by insanity. everybody knows the definition of insanity that I have tested you said about my career. I ask everybody they all know it. It's doing the same thing over and over and over again. That's not the insanity part but the insanity part is expecting a different outcome. As I said earlier, our th- best thinking has us where we're at today. And if we're miserable with where we're at, we have to change our thinking, and that has to change first. Well, everybody else comes up with plans uh, and things. Well, if I just have this, if I just back to things uh, oriented, uh, I'll be, I'll be happy. They think happiness is balance, and it's it's not. All right, bigger it's house, faster
1: car, got it. Yeah. Different yeah. zip code.
0: Yeah. And uh, they also, the 90%, all see themselves as victims. We're seeing this more and more, especially in our country, than ever before. Um, They don't see themselves as winners. They see themselves as uh, mediocre. Uh, They're uh, eye-centered, meaning, again, their focus is on themselves. They have have, a... low self-concept of really uh, themselves when it comes down to their identity because it's all based on things and if they don't have things well how can I feel good about myself and the world plays into that they say you know, the, the person with the most toys wins well no the most uh, people with the most toys still when they die they're not taking them with them so you know at the end of the day uh, that's not the issue they have a scarcity mentality they only believe that um, uh, others could have what they could have if they were willing to do what others did to, to make that happen. They don't believe there's enough out there, even though they have more things today than they've ever had in their lives before in many cases, and they're still nowhere near con- content with that. Ooh,
2: best place to see that play itself out, right? You both know it.
0: You mean you have three kids? Ed. I have uh, three grown kids, seven grandkids, and one great-grandkid. And a great-grandkid. Yeah. <laughs> and
2: Nate, you have four kids. Four
1: kids.
0: I have four kids. We've all
2: three seen this play out. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas Day, when are your kids the most miserable? For me, it is almost always an hour after they've opened all their Christmas presents. and go. Yep. Right? Yep. Oh, absolutely. The anticipation is awesome. I want to get this thing. I hope I unwrap this. Seeing those boxes is the most exciting thing in the world. Running down the steps from their bedroom to get under that tree, God, bro. tearing into everything. An hour later, they're just they're surrounded by all these material things and they're they're the least happy they've been in in a month leading up to that.
0: Well, yeah, so not only see you say in kids uh, look at the world uh, of what's going on right now. If somebody was listening and watching what's going on right now in the court of law with Johnny Depp and his wife, mm. they're suing each other for 50 to hundred million dollars. Yeah. Uh, they're miserable human beings by their own admission. And they have the same head trash reasons for doing it that I'm talking about with the normal person uh, has without the 50 or hundred million dollars and their careers are in a mess because they cannot handle, they, whether you have 50 million or billions, it doesn't matter. You see pro athletes that sign a $20 million contract. The next year they wanted 25 because somebody else, a rookie, got 24 or 5 the year before. And so that there's nothing about contract. It's all if I have more. They're thinking if I have more, I'll be valued more. Well, they may be valued more by the people paying them the money, more valuable but they don't understand it from an identity standpoint, their self-value standpoint. And they prove that by rape, pillage, and plunder. There's not a day that goes by that you don't see someone with millions and multi-millions athletes self-destructing. Uh, so it, it's not picking on anybody. It's real world. It's, it's out there. So it doesn't matter to what degree. The more you have, most people cannot handle Uh, success. People say the number one reason for failure is failure. No, it's success. And you just described it. It starts with the kids. The more that they get, uh, if it's just focused on a thing, normally it breaks. And as soon as it happens, latest iPhone or whatever it is, uh, it's all, uh, it's called planned obsolescence. They uh, engineer it to break at a certain point so that they can sell more of them and we get used to that cycling, uh, you know, so it's all about, again, back to what started, uh, when they'd asked me this, it's their things driven and things will never produce real joy, real peace, real tranquility, uh, real balance in one's life. And uh, a couple of others, I'll just, uh, uh, you know, uh, finish the list that I have here. And, uh, we address all these through throughout the book, but, uh, uh, I said scarcity mentality, but they have poor money concepts. They, uh, they've never been taught. Uh, so we have a, uh, one of the chapters on, uh, you know, financial is teaching people. Most people do not have a budget. Uh, and I mean most meaning 90% of the people in life do not have a budget. Mm. Uh, most people don't set, uh, the nine percenters don't set, uh, goals, uh, their decision-making process—they don't really know how to make decisions. It's all—it's all emotional, or they—they uh, they make an emotional decision, uh, but because they say, "Well, that," but that's logical. But it's logical based on their thinking, and their thinking's already been distorted. So that causes problems for the uh, big problems for the ninety percent. They have again poor or low self-awareness. They're not aware of—we um, see this play out every day. Uh, where people have no awareness on what they're doing or what impact they're having on others. Uh, so whether it's spouses, whether it's constituents, constituencies, constituencies uh, which um, they just have no self-awareness or, because they're never the problem. So they're always, again, in this category where they're looking out the window to fix blame on somebody else. I mean, Live in a country that's still blaming the president that hasn't been president for a year and a half for everything, instead of taking responsibility. Well, we do that in our personal lives as well. Uh, so, it, again, I don't want to make it; it's not uh, political. It's, they're just primary examples we live with every day. But most of the ones we live with are right inside our homes and our where we work and uh, what we do. And uh, again, to finish the list, uh, the ninety percent are takers. They want what somebody else has, uh, uh, without paying the price to get it. They're spenders. Uh, so as soon as they t- take or get, they because they're things-oriented, that they go to spend, so they get into debt uh, tremendously and don't know how to get, and they expect uh, somebody else to pay for their debt. So they, they, all these things start with a point and then move out uh, and includes a lot of others. Uh, They take a long time to recover from rejection. So we spent a lot of time on talking about uh, how to overcome uh, emotional rejection and dealing with that and how to get, when you have a stronger concept of yourself, it's easier to do. But they're excuse makers. We've talked about that. They don't accept responsibility um, and they have a lack of desire and very uh, weak on commitment. To do what it really takes uh, to make things happen. So when, that's, you, when you say lack of desire, what do you mean by that part? Well, well they don't have any, They don't have any real reasons for doing it. They don't have uh, and people that have real reasons to do it have goals to back it up, and they have a plan to back it up. And and we go uh, chapter the latter chapters after we break down what what creates an imbalanced life, uh, one that's unbalanced is then we we give uh, which has been proven for you know centuries of a a repeatable goal setting people work at places they've heard about smart goals, S M A R T uh, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time bound. Well, there's a lot of things that go with that. And that's all true. But again, most people don't have uh, goals. And if they don't, they're not very smart. They're just goals. I want, see, I want is not the language of a committed adult, I want is the language of a child and you could be a 50, 60, 70 year old for it. it doesn't matter what age, the moment I want, I want, I want, I want. Uh, and I believe I should have it because you have it. Uh, it just doesn't fly. never did, never will. Uh, that won't, They're figuring
2: that, it out, buddy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> getting it done.
0: And, and, but it's called, look at the mess it's causing. And I'm not just talking about mess. I'm talking about our society right now is at stake over these decisions. So, you know, I really did, uh, for the individual that they talked about, uh, I I take it back to the individual. Cause I look at each person I work with when they came into the training. I always said, when you come in here, I am not here to motivate you. I'm here to give you ability to motivate yourself. The tools to do that. The tools to take responsibility. The tools uh, to live out. If you do have a desire for something, to say, okay, and we talk about that later in the book and What's really um, important uh, and, uh, versus uh, some, that something that, well, I think I'd like to have and be nice to have. But no, it's really important. And I'm saying above all, I'm going to build my life around that. And, uh, and then I'll pay the price to get that, to make that happen. Uh, I, that importance is something you really put value on. And most of the time, that's not a thing. It's uh, again back. I said to Matt earlier, to to Nate earlier, about the uh, having the uh, uh, idea of what do I want to be when I grow up? How do I how I want to look in the mirror and see myself? And then how do I, you know, it'd be nice if others uh, would see that, and they will if you become what you're projecting. uh, um, You know, you'd like to be.
1: So, Ed, obviously, uh, this is an audio podcast, and unfortunately, we can't actually show the, uh, <clears throat> the graphic that we're going to talk about. But switching over to the balance side of things, describe for us in, in the details there, you know, what is the balance wheel? How does it actually leg out? And why, why is it a wheel? Why is that important?
2: In the Waste No Day Facebook group, which anyone can friend Nate or me and get an invite to. We'll put a uh, picture of the wheel as well as a picture of the cover of the book for anyone interested in, in finding it.
0: Uh, good, because right inside, the c- cover of the book does show a balanced wheel, and the reason for the wheel is, and I use a uh, a car analogy, uh, and it, I spell that out into the book, that I ask people to pick out the smooth, and so whether you're, I understand uh Uh, Brian, that you have people from uh, across the the pond, uh, you know, different parts of the world that are listening in on this. Yeah, right around 30 countries. I got it. So, but every one of those countries, they have automobiles. So, and automobiles, there's a common denominator. Most of them have four wheels uh, with with tires on them. So when we talk about, uh, you know, uh, the wheel or the tire, the the uh, inflation, and if they're, they're supposed to be, let's just say, 28 pounds of pressure in each tire for a balanced smooth drive in the automobile which was designed but whether it was a I'll normally get Mercedes or Lexus or beam beamer BMW or something like that I said okay when you bought that paid a lot of money uh, for that automobile and you drove it off the uh, um, when you picked it up you bought it, a lot of it, because they told you this is the one of the smoothest, if not the smoothest riding vehicle uh, that there is. And you go out, let's say you buy it, you go out, you you prove it so. It is. And then you decide, well, I want to be different. I, I don't want four wheels that have 28 pounds of pressure. I, I want one that has 10 pounds of pressure in it and you put that just one tire or wheel on the car with that kind of pressure on, what kind of ride do you think you're going to have? Yeah, lumpy, obviously. Bumpy. And that's what lives are when they start messing around and do not understand the value and the integration between spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. Financially, work, social, family, those eight areas encompass every single area of all of our lives. And what the book does is show throughout each chapter, when we break down specific chapters or specific areas of the wheel, spokes, uh, if you will, you know, uh, it's for, it just makes for a good visual when people understand it and it can see. And then they were looking at the balance wheel where they're all... They have all, let's say, the 28 pounds of pressure in it. Where the imbalance wheel, and it also shows in, and from the, on the book cover, the circle at the center of the wheel has a question mark. Because I, again, unashamedly said, who is in control of your life wheel? Whose thinking are you living by? And until you or I or anyone else answers that question, they will never, uh, they will never have the kind of balanced life that they think they should or they'd like to have because the creator gets to decide. Just like the creators of um, air conditioning or the creators of uh, automobiles or the creators, they're the ones that decide, uh, and they make warranties based on what they created. Uh, but if you violate those uh, rules for the, the warranty to work, they won't pay for it. So it costs you more in the long run every time you violate those uh, kind of rules. So I used that um, as an as as example because everybody can relate to a, a wheel and, uh, uh, and if, if they're... Not balanced nowadays. The cars will actually uh, say your your left wheel uh, needs uh, more pressure in it to be balanced. So right. there's reminder. Even technology understands that, and they can equate it. But um, so this book is basically uh, uh, helping you look in the mirror to say, "All right, am I doing the major things that we talked earlier, Brian? We just touched on uh, in each area where the world says." do 15, 20 things in each area. Successful, highly successful people have always only done one, two, and three things uh, at most that were really important that got them uh, their 80, 20, or 90, 10 uh, that they did consistently over time to keep it balanced. Uh, And uh, that's where the stress is. Uh, So um, we can, uh, so yeah, the balance wheels, then we have uh, right out of uh, good to great, we use uh, the hedgehog concept by getting people to think what do they want to be best in world at? Uh, what are they really passionate about? And if they do that, what, what will drive their economic reality? Uh, if they do those things, those are the people in the 10% that ultimately take care. They don't have economic problems, no matter what they're making. Uh, and, and later on in the book, I say, you're never too young or never too old. And I use a 27-year-old grandson uh, who paid his way through college and his story of, and never made more than $27,000. And he's 27 years, 27,000 a year, but mostly averaged 10, 11,000 uh, for 10 years a year from pizza to working uh, 10, $11 an hour, paid himself through college for six years, Uh, paid his car off, and already has a fund to buy it uh, because his desire is, his goal is to have a a beach house. uh, uh, He's single, but he wants a beach house down Rehoboth Beach on the eastern shore of uh, uh, the United States. And uh, he's already got uh, $16,000 in savings for that. And again, paid for cash is... Uh, local uh, community college or uh, Harrisburg area community college paid for that, got his degree and, um, and is doing what he's passionate about, helping others uh, taking care of uh, uh, many of your, your parents and grandparents in the Alzheimer's uh, unit. He's a caregiver, uh, but uh, he thinks differently. And therefore, he has more. I know I work with people who make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, don't have $16,000 in their savings account because they're spenders uh, versus savers. So. Uh, and
1: good for him, Ed, and a challenge for all of us, really. Man, if we is, had had some of those ideas when we were younger, he'd <laughs> be a lot farther ahead. <laughs> Speaking of being farther ahead, we are blowing through the time on this podcast. And so I, I don't wanna skip over those eight categories which you mentioned there, Ed. And if we could just do like kind of a brief summary on one, well, because I am thinking some people might have a little bit of a question, well, what what exactly does that mean? So let's start with mental. What what does mental mean? Like is, is that a, a goal that I'm supposed to, you know, start doing one of those brain memorization apps or something? Like what is a mental goal?
0: Uh, great question. And no. You no, know, it breaks apart mental is how we think. As I talked about earlier, what, what is it that you think about? What, what do you, what goes into your mind that leads you to do something? And again, there's either a worldview or a biblical view on thinking. The creator of the universe says, as a person thinks, therefore they go, they behave. So we break that apart in each chapter, but in the mental, it is, and it is showing, it, it talks about uh the people with degrees, the people with uh, that this world and our government and and many other things is based on the smartest person in the room is based on IQ, Uh, and that's typically 4.0 and above, or how many degrees that they have. Is that
2: still the case with uh, what's going on in the White House, or (laughs) have we decided we're not doing that anymore? No, they're (laughs)
0: still holding on to it. They are the ones in uh, in control. But uh, what it is doing, it is saying – but Dr. Tom Stanley, who wrote uh, about The Millionaire Next Door and A Millionaire Mind, going back over 40 years of research, has broken down every area of how people think, therefore how they behave, and he broke that apart long ago, and uh, decades ago. But the people in power still, the universities, the professors, people making 800 dollars $900,000 a year as a professor for a couple of days of work, who are indoctrinating, uh, is based on, but we have the right to do it because we're the smart ones. But the real research of highly successful people throughout anything you read in human uh, understanding and, and all uh, books from the the Bible on through to Covey's, highly successful people, uh, Andy Andrews, uh, Highly successful people. Sandler, highly successful people. Good to great, highly successful people. It, it debunks that time and time again because it shows through real data and through real anecdotal evidence that the number one, there are three quotients. One is intellectual quotient. Instead of being the number one, it is by far the third of the three EQ is number two. We spent a lot of time on that. Emotional intelligence, emotional your emotional quotient, uh, how you relate to people, how you can actually express yourself, how you can get along with uh, people in the relationships. And and what allows you to do that, the number one element and uh, proven uh, of success is your AQ, which is, stands for adversity quotient. We've been... Giving you and others uh, for th- thirty plus years a program called No Guts, No Gain. Well, what they all tie in with: How do you develop the ability to overcome rejection, hurt in your life? How do people come out of terrible situations? How they, where everybody else whines and complains and gives an excuse for that they'll never be able to do anything? Well, adversity quotient is really. Uh, test someone, evaluate someone, how quickly they overcome uh, trash in their lives. Real uh, deaths, cancers, uh, parents leaving, children being murdered and and whatever. And where the intellectual person, as soon as something goes wrong that they don't like, they, we use the term nowadays, their heads explode. They cannot handle it. So that, because they, they have no emotional intelligence. They have very little, and they have very little AQ, uh, 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 courage, or, you know, to, to get over uh, something in a hurry because there's no need for them to get over it. They're right, you're wrong. And uh, so they just scream louder and louder. Uh, and people do that, you know, uh, based on how they've been, you know, influenced and raised and, and, it, again, it's a choice, um, and for those that choose to say, uh, "I, I want more," therefore, I'll do more. And it has nothing to do with IQ. You can always get uh, all the skills, all the knowledge, and that's what we do. We break it down. We call it a cash, a uh, k a s h. That's how do you change? How do you improve? How do you grow? And the first part is you become aware. Right now, we're creating awareness in people. Uh, next thing is they may, get, they may pick up some knowledge. If they, uh, if they study something, if they go to Google something, if they look at, uh, you know, read a book or whatever, they'll pick up some knowledge. Well, 80% of the population stops right there. Well, life doesn't stop. Just short of implementation. Right, and, and the next A, A-cash, uh, is application, implementation they start applying knowledge you see knowledge is not power applied properly applied knowledge is power so they apply uh, they apply and with application and then they find out what's working what's not working and the more and again at that point uh, almost all but 20% give up because they say no I want to do it my way my way worked better where it didn't work better uh, but they're uncomfortable so they don't want to be uh, uh, they don't want to go through the hard uh, work of change, so they quit, where the 20% keep working, and that's called skill development. They keep working on application. They keep tweaking it. They keep learning and growing. That's where the continual learning comes from, and that's what coaches do. That's what facilitators of learning help people do. That's what you do in your roles with people to say, okay, we did it well over here. We did this well, but w- what could we have done better over here? So that's where you're tweaking. And the more you do that, repetition is the mother of uh, ha- habit development. So, skills development over time leads to real habit formation. So, that's your A cash. And uh, then the 10% ultimately live uh, in um, the complete cycle of uh, the habit formation where they it has just now become habit. I know it's the right thing to do. I do it, it's working. I have evidence it's working. Uh, I'm I feel good about it. I have the results from it. Everybody else around me in my sphere of influence is happy about it. And then, and they keep going. And that this is written for people like myself who will be 72 shortly, uh, who you know, I probably exercise more and do more than most uh, 30 40 year olds. Uh, why do I do it? So My family and my kids, my grandkids and my great grandkids, uh, Tibby and I have energy uh, for for them because it's not about ROI, but how you uh, necessarily, it's about ROE that we talked about, return on energy. It takes energy, mental, emotional, physical energy to do things. And if you're not working, exercising all those muscles consistently uh, to impact the other areas of your life, uh, that's what causes the problems or creates the real opportunities to, to grow. And let's,
1: I mean, you just mentioned there about ROE. So let's jump into the physical element. Uh, that's another one that we need to put focus on. What, what exactly is included in that?
0: Well, that any behavior that you necessarily want to do, but it's not, uh, uh, I'm more of a Rocky versus, uh, you know, uh, I don't need to go to a place uh to get all the exercise equipment or whatever. I'm. Oh, uh,
2: yeah. We're taking it back a little bit maybe for some yeah, of our but, audience. But, but, but Rocky but, didn't need that Russian, yeah, that that amazing gym with all the computers. It's, it's the, the same the thing. The <laughs> steroids but, they were but, plugging into a Von Drago. He just needed a tire, be, right? But
0: two or three uh, behaviors uh, doctors will tell you. Like yesterday I walked uh, 80 minutes and did 25 minutes of uh, uh, crunches and uh, Hold on. with some 10-pound 10, 10 weights. Yeah. Uh, uh, 25 minutes of crunches? Of crunches and weightlifting and whatever. I did 150 crunches. Oh, my goodness. Still 150 Uh, crunches. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I had
1: 150 (laughs) crunches in my cereal this
2: morning. I might be able to do 150 crunches in 25 minutes. (laughs) So I do those. I
0: I do uh, stretches uh, uh, for the exercise, and I, I, I walk. I used to run. I ran consistently for uh, 10 years. uh, At one point in time in my life, before 20 years ago, I I came down with MS. So in my feet and legs, I have uh, it. uh, You don't want to be in those uh, feet and legs. But I got used to that. But I still uh, walk. I I don't run because of the pounding. uh, But my weight stays where I want it to be. Uh, because in moderation, so in the in the physical it's all about eating properly. It's not a fit for life I still like ice cream so when I like it i I eat it but I don't eat it every night three scoops I get you know, my once a week or something like that so the moderation of that but the exercise itself you're exercising your physical muscles uh walking is uh, everybody you know for the most part can do that and can walk um, and um but I, when I ran, I ran and I didn't fluctuate more than three pounds in 10 years, uh, by running three and a half miles, uh, five, six times a week and uh, doing, uh, again, about 20, 30 minutes of exercises, uh, of, uh, ups in those days and sit-ups and some other things. Uh, but today I just do, like I said, two or three or four things consistently. I don't do it every day, but i I also write it down and check it so I'm not fooling myself. I have a 30-day calendar, 31-day calendar, where those goals are listed, and they have 31 boxes along each of those areas that I do, like uh, for the physical. So when I ran yesterday... I put in the 80 minutes or walked 80 minutes there and under exercise, 25 for a total of 105 minutes. So at the end of the month, I know how many minutes of exercise that I, I did, but consistently, and I'd look at, you know, so if, if I only have four days marked <laughs> out of 31 days, I know I have, uh, I've left my plan. I haven't been consistently do that. So that's the, uh, so people can take whatever they're passionate about. They want to do their Peloton, or, you know, to go to the gyms or do whatever they want to do. But it's the consistency of working on uh, the kind of uh, muscle development that will create the physical energy that you need and want out of life. And, uh, but it can be real, it, can, it doesn't have to be complicated. That's the key.
1: Speaking of not being complicated, uh, career is something that can be complicated, especially in terms of how much time it takes in our life. So you have career listed as something, and I, I want to ask you the question. I mean, are all of these eight equal? Are they all eight uh, equal in terms of time and investment?
0: No. Okay. That's, that's a great question. That, and that's that's when people will look at because that's where the logic comes in. they say, well, there's eight. We'll divide eight into 24 and three. No, you get three hours of sleep, see how that works. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, where you focus on the most right now, if you're doing real well spiritually, if you're doing real well financially, if you're really doing well in three or four areas, you just keep doing those one or two behaviors that, that uh, make sure that you won't atrophy. See, every one of them is a muscle. All Eight of those areas, every area of our lives is, is a form of a muscle. And medically, they call it, if you stop using that muscle, as soon as you stop using it, it will atrophy. It means it goes backwards. It, it doesn't go forward. There is no status quo. You, you know, you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. So um, by consistently understanding that when I am physically working, doing my walk, I listen to, to um, for me, I listen to my Christian music. So I get uplifted uh, spiritually. That, that impacts me there. Emotionally, it helps me there. Uh, I might listen to a a podcast like you guys that are on my walk if I choose to do that. So there I'm, and and that's why Audible Books uh, and my book will be in, within the next month will be on Audible form uh, for those. Did you read it yourself? Uh, Yeah, I will do the reading myself. Very cool. Yeah, I was asked specifically by my clients and friends to do that. And so that's next on my goals and my list uh, to do by the end of May. Uh, So if I don't do it by the end of May, you hold, you'll hold me accountable. And, and uh, so I went on record. Nate will do it that. for you. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so uh, again, each each area where like for me, spiritual. You didn't ask about that, but I made a goal thirty five years ago to read the Bible cover to cover every year for the rest of my life. Well, I'm in halfway through year thirty five. Wow. It takes fifteen minutes a day. Most people are on their iPads and iPhones and uh, devices six, seven hours a day. Right. But they don't have time to get the greatest so of, of knowledge and of, of motivation of, and of, of learning. Um, so I just, again, made a choice. And also uh, I have some other devotionals, but um, instead of me spending uh, all those hours on uh, things I can't control, and on social media and the news and taking in all that it's negative uh i feed my mind with uh, the positive but uh, i believe it's uh, uh everything that's in this book that there is for every world thinking there is a biblical uh scripture uh, to combat that world thinking and then people get to choose uh, from there so you know, one, two, three behaviors at the most in each of those areas. And uh, so, like I said, uh, I might exercise 60 minutes uh, five times a day, uh, five times a week. Well, that's, you know, five, five, six hours out of, uh, what, uh, 24 times, you know, seven to uh, Yeah, Brian, math. Uh, 68, 168 hours a week. 15. Oh, sorry. Something <laughs> like that. <Okay>. got it. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, we've kind of touched on mental, spiritual. Uh, we did a little bit on physical as well. What about the emotional side of things?
0: Well, if you're balanced and you're relationship oriented, and that's where I'll uh, I'll I'll plug in real quick the the ten percent, and that'll help you with the emotional because they're focused on relationships. If you look at uh, the uh, Dr. Tom Stanley's uh, on the Millionaire Mind, he breaks it down as to how much they spend on relationships and with people that the 10% who have the net worth versus, uh, and he calls those uh, balance sheet affluent versus being uh, 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 income affluent who have same earnings every year that uh, the others have, that, that the 10% have, but they have high, uh, what do they call them, major mortgages or you know uh, uh high level best areas uh, of everything most expensive uh, car most expensive car they can't wait to think about going to a um another um event of of some sort a cruise uh, uh travel the world whatever it is everything they do is meant to bring pleasure to themselves and they typically do it with people they don't even care about being with half the time. And so that's the re- the relationship area. So the uh, the emotional is uh, the more I'm imbalanced, the more I don't have. I have a lot of stresses in my life, but they don't bother me for long. Uh, people say it doesn't anything bother you. I said everything still bothers me, but never because of the growth, not for anywhere near as long. If it used to bother me three years, now it bothers me three days. If it was three days, about three, three hours, three hours, three minutes, three minutes, three seconds. So as my wife says, uh, to anybody asks it, you know, if something happens, it's our job to get over it, build a bridge and get over it. Uh, <laughs> and so the quicker you have the uh, ability and the plan to go back and, uh, when you get off track to just go right back to, to do the behaviors that kept you on track, that had you on track before you went off, uh, that doesn't take a lot of time and energy and, the more you do that, you're emotionally sound. When something happens to your kids, like my wife came down with uh, COVID, uh, long story short, they found a, a, a cancerous tumor on her kidney. And we're talking just uh, three weeks ago, but they found it just uh, a month, two months ago when she went to the hospital for uh, COVID. And it showed up on her uh, test. They did a further test, found out, found the tumor that never would have been found out had that not happened. So instead of being upset, we were grateful
1: mm. for her
0: going to the hospital. yeah. Uh, founded with our uh, medical. They found a urologist uh, that took care of her, talked to her over the phone, scheduled the appointment. Uh, this all happened. and on march twenty eighth, so within two months, she was then four hours in surgery. They removed the whole uh, uh, tumor. she's cancer free. and uh, uh, three weeks later, my wife of seventy four years old, it looks like she's forty. Uh, and acts like she's 15 most times, uh, <laughs> is already uh, probably about 90%. Wow. She can't, she's not to lift stuff right now, but uh, she, uh, she. if you saw her this morning, uh, you could not believe that three three weeks ago she was in four hours of surgery, and before I left the room that night at 6 o'clock, uh, it took everything she had to get out of the, bed to move two steps over to a chair so that's how quickly you're getting. and the whole time Tibby's because of our spiritual faith uh and understand that we live by the rules of the faith be anxious for nothing see anxiety brings depression it didn't say you wouldn't be anxious but when you are who do you take it to we take it to god with and uh, reminding that we're thankful and we're what we're thankful for. We're thankful for relationships, we're thankful for everything that we have that we know is a gift of God. Yes, did we have impact upon that? Yes, yeah. did we do the behaviors? Yes, but didn't mean that uh, things wouldn't happen to us. So, we've had deaths, we've had cancers, we've had dementias uh, for parents uh, and things like that. All things that, in many cases, drop people to their knees and they don't get up. In our cases, Uh, I I get more worked up over uh, misplacing my keys than I do uh, somebody that passed away that I dearly loved because uh, I know where they're going to be. Uh, So that emotional is uh, is not, uh, oh, everything's wonderful. Everything's, you know, uh, that fancy or uh, false motivation or, uh, you know, everything's rosy. No, it's not. Life's a mess. That's what we're talking about here you know, uh, in, in real life, uh, addressing that. But in the midst of that, to have peace which passes all understanding can only happen when you're not relying on yourself.
1: Uh, good words there, Ed. And as we we're cruising through the rest of these, uh, these elements of the balance wheel, we have social, personal, financial, spiritual, physical, uh, career, mental And the one that I want to touch on, because specifically we are heading into a busy season where a lot of our listeners are not going to see their families as much as they would desire. That's a big element of this wheel. Touch on the family part as we kind of close out the eight sections.
0: Good. Well, the family, is an like all of them, is an ongoing thing. Uh, The value that uh, when you are available. Uh, When I was in business, I just made sure my kids, their birthdays were on my a calendar in red ink every year, and they saw that. Uh, they knew that if I could be in an event, I was in an event. Uh, uh, they, they understood that uh, we live by what we're teaching, and on the emotional section, we really talk about how to have human dynamics and how to have those relationships uh, at the deepest level and uh, to express value uh, uh, to them for who they are. And so we, the number one thing that people tell me, and I know that have helped them with life that this book will do you is to how do you separate your identity, your value as a human being from being a human doing. Uh, The world says you only get to feel good about yourself if you do. And if you win and then they change the game um, uh, to determine what a win is and what it's not. Uh, So, for me and my family, I uh, sat them down. Uh, they always understood that they were important, that um, my faith in God was the number one. Uh, their mother was number two, uh, and uh, they came right after their mother. And then uh, if if you'll uh, look somewhere, uh, I forget the page number where it's at, it's near the end of the book, um, taken last um November at our pre Thanksgiving, uh, dinner for our clan, uh, we're all 16 plus the baby was uh, a month away, uh, showing right <laughs> behind my wife's head, uh, and, uh, in her mother, uh, uh, still to be waiting to be delivered. And that is not just a family picture that somebody would look at and, and even question if, the, those kids wanted to be in that picture. Mm. I have grandkids that are, we've graduated five from college uh, last year uh, of the seven. Uh, and every one of them, I built that place Tibby, and I built that place every retirement home uh, because it's, it's a gathering for the family that uh, we've, but we've done it ever since they've been born. Uh, they knew that no thing in life was more important than they were to their parents, to me and their mother. Uh, so and that may not be the case where they're at right now, but again, the whole thing is you can change. Instead of choosing to uh, be a couch potato, instead when you get home, you've worked hard all day. Now you've deserved it, so you go to the couch or you go to uh, to the computer, or whatever. No, we never did that, and I say never, and I mean that that the kids suffered believing that something else was more important than they are. So expressing that not only verbally but most importantly uh, by your actions of uh, uh, how was their day uh, yeah have some time to uh, decompress when you get home that's uh, that's part of it but by focusing on others that you really claim you love and care about uh you draw energy from that because they'll actually, they will communicate with you. Your kids will communicate with you. Um, if they really believe you're consistent in expressing that value that uh, you want to be with them uh, versus I worked hard. Now I can get to go golf or I can get to go hunting or I can get to go again, back to things again, instead of building those relationships. It's not something has to give, but it only gives when you de- determine and, Part of the goal section in in chapter 13 is about what's important versus urgent when you put relationships ahead of anything else. Here's where uh, that starts really come to play.
2: You, uh, (laughs) Oddly enough, of all the things that you've taught me and all the training sessions I've been involved in with you, the most impactful thing you said that I heard in a training downstairs was the first time I saw you train. So this would have been probably september 2012 um i was told that this is a sales training i'm like cool been through a million of them can't wait i love this stuff this is you know because it was life-changing for me when i first got it at 24 years old walk downstairs and i'm maybe 15 20 minutes in and you said which told me that this was not going to be a sales training this is a life training yeah which matt buckwalter still does here every wednesday going yes. through actually he went through your book already. Um, you said whenever Tibby walks into a room where I'm watching TV, the TV gets—I forget if it was muted or yes, turned off. It gets muted, and I had never done that. In fact, yeah. I was the husband at that point who I would get irritated if it was a good part or whatever, and my wife started. talking like, "Come on, really? Right now? Mm-hmm. This, this has to happen now." Um, and that and that stuck with me. Like that—that's probably the most impactful thing you've ever said from me from my perspective because it's something that changed that day and you know i'm not, i haven't been perfect with it but
0: well that's it that, no and nobody's perfect and neither am i i didn't set myself up to be perfect i set myself up as that uh here's real world and uh, i struggle like anybody else uh did i get when i said did i ever get irritated Tibby came in in the middle of something and started talking before, you know, uh, she said, Ed, excuse me, I'm going to interrupt you. Uh, th- that happened in a quick period of time, but it was a choice to mute it and to say Tibby's more important because nobody listens to anything that anyone says. They watch what you do. So your behavior determines what your value is. So the consistency is the key. Consistency in doing all the behaviors in all eight areas of your life. And so for me, as I learned to do that. I'm auditory. Tibby's visual. So she'll show me something, but if I need her to talk to me. And I need her to, uh, so I could really hear it and get a sense of it. Uh, so when she'd come in and start talking to me, and I'm already listening to something and watching something on TV, I knew... Uh, You know, I was not going to be able to give her what she deserved. And that also is an answer. What you just brought up is a a great answer to what uh, Nate just asked me about, you know, the family. It's just uh, to consistently walk the talk and to consistently show that she is more valuable to me than any sports or any show or anything. And especially for me, I was probably watching something that I saw six times before (laughs) because I'm a sameness filter. So reruns are okay with me. You know, I, I I really don't watch much to learn anything. I just watch it to, you know, to maybe like some people do to, to spend some time, relax. and, Uh, And it's my form. decompress, But, Again, it was it was a choice. Okay, I can tell Tibby you're more valuable than anything else, and then when she comes in, I could be disgusted with her, and, and uh, I could nonverbally uh, roll my eyes or <coughs> do what I just did now, uh, 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 express to Tibby, you, you were an interruption in my day. Why would you do that? Or I could mute the darn thing and listen to her and find out what she really was thinking and feeling and, and, and get it, it respond to it and prove to her that I cared more about her than anybody else or anything else.
2: Unless the Detroit Lions finally go to the Super Bowl and she's going to need to stay out of the room, <laughs> possibly Amelia, out Amelia, of the I house. Can, I, Don't I, worry,
0: Amelia, well, you're safe. I
2: may need her just <laughs> drive down to Lidditz and be in <laughs> Nate's Ryan, neighborhood that day.
0: Brian, I told you upfront contract. So <laughs> yes, you yes. can have an upfront contract. Brown <laughs> rules on, and <laughs> I do that. Tibby and I both do that. <clears throat> we set, you know... An understanding of what's going on. We know uh, what we're doing, what are our priorities. I still make a list of priorities, and uh, that is written every day on priorities for the day, and it's on our countersink a- every single day. Like today was devotions number one is always number one.
1: Tibby number two. Tibby. Well, in this <laughs> case, uh, d- 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 d-
0: d- well. She gets the whole page. Today, the and, Waste uh, No Day but, podcast. Well, number two, but, well, not, number two <laughs> was traveled and go to be with uh, Brian and uh, Nate. And what the time was there when I needed to be gone. She knew I uh, between travel and whatever, it'd be about six hours. So I communicated that. so uh, She didn't have to worry about that. And, um, and then my focus, as it's been all through my life, building this business and everything else, I never had a worry about uh, what was going on at home. I had a complete trust of Tivy, and she had a complete trust of me, and that was between us. So nobody, nobody else gets a vote, uh, and that's the neat thing about it. When you put, uh, when you have those arrangements, so. But we, what I talk to you, consistently, my kids and and they're in the book, or they're. If you ask them, you don't have to listen to me because I didn't write it about me. I wrote it to say that what's possible for you, whether you're a technician or whether you're a CEO of a multi-billion dollar corporation, uh, both people can have the same messes in their head emotionally and uh, physically and financially, or maybe not financially, but, uh, you can't spend your way into happiness. So I, uh, uh, for me, it was, um, I know this works. I know the people that have told me like you have, like Matt and others have had, have what the impact we've had on them. We get a lot of that. I have all through the years. And, uh, Tibby's biggest job that uh, she agreed to was to make sure I never got a fat head, uh, that I never took it, that this is about me. And uh, so I credit our relationship, again, faith with God first and then uh, with Tibby and the kids. uh, as always gave me the emotional strength uh, to be able to uh, then have the energy to travel to do the training to focus on sometimes 30 40 50 uh, you know or more people in a room and to be able to give each individual 100% attention that takes a lot of energy uh, when i came here I, and this is the last company i ever did it for and i because of <laughs> it starting with larry 32 years uh, you know uh, years ago as my fourth uh, client uh, and I told Scott, I said, and Matt, I said you're the only person. I'll get up at five o'clock in the morning, travel in, uh, an hour to go to train, start training at six thirty in the morning." Uh, and I did that for a couple of years when I didn't have to, but because of the relationship and the appreciation for everything that I have is through people like uh, you and this organization, and and others that have uh, uh, they've responded to me and paid me. Uh, what I felt I was worth and much more. Uh, and so I never had to worry about the finances uh, you know for that. And, and I watch as I'm watching you as I s- sit across this table from uh, you guys today, being part of a management team, a leadership team is now a, what almost 25 to 30 million dollar company that when I started with you uh, 30 years ago, 31 years ago it was maybe three million. Right. And and nobody, no technician making a cent other than their salary. And now you have technicians making, you know. Easily in the six figures. Got it. Yeah. Uh, that I, I have a lot of pride of being a small part of that, uh, to helping that thinking differently of sharing the wealth, getting them to see themselves as people like you did, who weren't just technicians, but people that people would trust if they made a good suggestion to them on their behalf, not to sell something. So uh, that's why you didn't come to a sales course. I said, my business is to help you never sell anybody anything, but help them buy what they really need uh, and want out of life.
2: Well, I'll tell you, you said a small part of this, we as a management team had a uh, late breakfast, early lunch right before you came, where Matt, our boss, the, the owner here, Matt Buckwalter said, uh, Ed was instrumental in who I am as a person and my success. I don't know if he was ha- had time to tell you that before he left, but that's exactly what he said before we started this this he, episode.
0: Thanks, Brian. He did, and he has. And if anyone uh, that is listening to this program also, because I'm part of the Sandler Network, if they would look at uh, Sandler David Sand David H Sandler's book. You can't teach a kid how to ride a bicycle at a seminar. So that was the whole basis of graduate incremental versus quick fix impact training. Uh, when it was re, uh, repurposed and uh, redone uh, about 15 years ago, if they read the book, they'll see much of this, uh, the human dynamics training and the system and the process that we teach. Uh, but also if they look at Appendix A, it's the story i'm the only person in the world in the universe of sandler of the world that has a three generation family that started with the grandfather larry Rohr, then to scott Rohr, then to the grandkids and you know and so forth <laughs> and it's that story written by matt and scott is appendix a in david sandler's book which is worldwide being sold and it's it, it's on your bookshelf right now so if you and that story where matt tells of how he felt and what led him to his biggest sale and turned his career completely upside down was after a year and a half, a year and a half of consistently being in the training room under my influence, where he was under a call from a high-domineering attorney telling him, to get right over to his house, give him a quote on something uh, that he wanted uh, for a mansion, and he said, and my budget's uh, $20,000. And Matt knew, and the story's there in the book, but he knew right then and there, and he was listening to me all of a sudden. He said, well, he absolutely knew based on what the guy uh, told him that he needed for the square footage and everything else, that it would be many times that. So for the first time in his life, he said to him, I thank you very much, uh, he responded, thank you very much for the call, thank you very much for the inquiry, Uh, I won't be coming over. And the man, the attorney, who's not used to people saying no to him, says, what do you mean you won't be coming over? He says, I want to quote. He says, you just, you told me what your budget was, and based on what you told me, I don't believe I can do it for three times that, so why would you want me to come over? And there was about a 10 second, 15 second pause, and the guy says, "Would you please come over? Uh, I want to see you. He came over, had the biggest sale of his life and that, and that changed his concept on money. So we talk about finance, finances. It's a money concept. If you believe you know, you're worth it, uh, and that's why my website was always get a not get a yes.com. If it doesn't make sense, don't waste your time, energy, and effort chasing something that doesn't make sense to both parties. So once Matt understood that, and this was the one that was his tipping point in a good way, uh, that um, he discovered that the guy respected him saying, no, this doesn't make, it might make sense to you, but it doesn't make sense to me. And if I said, if I did it, uh, I wouldn't get you for what you want to pay me, what you really need to take care of that new place that you just bought. And the guy respected that and told Matt that. And uh, to this day, Matt tells me he's been the leader, uh, this customer uh, of uh, introduction after introduction, after introduction to other like-minded people who have a lot of money uh, to fix their houses up (laughs) with the help of you. So uh, there was a combination of that, but Matt has always been appreciative. All of you have been. And, uh, um, that's why it was an easy two-hour drive for me to come in here today and do this face-to-face with uh, you and Nate. Uh, I've watched you grow and, and um, been a big part of uh, We've been a big part together. And uh, and now watch what you're doing to impact your team of now, what, 130? Yep, just pushing 130. And remember, I started with uh, a group of 12-15, uh, with, with Larry in a little cubbyhole of a training room uh, uh, off side of their business one day, 31, 32 years ago.
1: Oh man, it's, it's so good. The content is so rich and there's even, there's far more in the book that we don't have time to cover. We have to kind of bring it in for a landing here. And so uh, before we do, I I wanted to highlight again, the book is called a life in balance, a life Life. of balance versus imbalance. And it's available.
0: Uh, Amazon. uh, You can go right on Amazon. uh, The, uh, easiest way to do that, if uh, people want to uh, get my uh, new uh, website for the book, uh, the, the website is uh, Life of Balance, um, lifeofbalancebook.com. All one word, lifeofbalancebook.com. Uh, press on that. Uh, it'll take them right to the first page. They can click on either Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Walmart, um and uh brings brings it right up <clears throat> people have been uh, uh we've been real pleased and uh of ordering and and um we're off and running uh, it's just been in the publication for a couple of months and uh this podcast and some other things that i've uh, built into my behavioral plan to spread the word uh, globally now uh is uh, uh is beginning to happen and uh not concerned about what the, the numbers of the books are, just how many people it will reach who are serious. Uh, always call it serious training for serious people. Now the book is uh, a serious a look into your life for serious people who want more, deserve more, and can have more if they're willing to take responsibility for their own lives and quit blaming. Uh, we call it lifeline, uh, winners in life. Um, there's a scripture, it's uh, Philippians 3, uh, 13 and 14. It says winners don't look back. They look forward. They press on towards the mark. They pursue, they finish the race, and they they are awaiting uh, the prize for what they're going to get in in eternity. So they're looking forward. 90% of the population where they're at look back from birth to where they're at, and that's the biggest, living in guilt, living in uh, regrets, living in uh, would have should have could haves uh, We call it head trash, baggage. None of it's good uh, because you can't change anything. Now, you can learn from it, but the, the 10%ers are the ones that learn from birth to here uh, to help them tweak to move forward. The 90%ers look back for reasons why they can't move forward. Uh, so our job is build the bridge for my wife as us to drop the baggage. You would never go out to your garbage can that you put all your garbage in and bring it back into the house and throw it on the floor. But that's what people do. The 90 percenters in many cases keep doing it. Keep opening up the band-aids and pulling off the scabs and the hurts and the pains and, and renewing them when yesterday was over at midnight. There is not a blazing thing you and I can do about what happened yesterday other than, again, learn from it to improve our balance wheel to move forward.
1: Oh, Ed, that's that's such good stuff. And as we wrap up things today, I know you had a couple other 10 uh, to 90, 90, 10 things that you wanted to cover. Take us out on those concepts, and we'll call it a wrap for the show.
0: I was asked uh, recently uh, in a TV show where my chiropractor uh, did a TV show up in Hazleton t- uh, to do this uh, because he likes the balance concept and uh, preventive maintenance uh, that I talk about. But, uh, so this is how we finished it up with him, that uh, uh, for those, the 10 percenters, uh, they have Christ at the center of their life, their life wheels. They're value-driven. They're relationship-driven. They understand the difference between ROE. Return on energy versus ROI. They understand the difference between effectiveness versus efficiency. 90% live by efficiency, do a lot of things right. Effectiveness is effectiveness. people understand doing the right things right. That's effectiveness. Winners, uh, they're balanced uh, people, and they behave regardless of how they feel, where the 90% only behave if they feel like it. Uh, they're givers, they're savers versus spenders and takers. They don't make excuses. They take 100% responsibility for their results. Uh, my quote is, if I have a good day, it's my fault. Um, and if I have a bad day, it's my fault. It's a choice on how you're going to respond. They have strong desire, strong commitment, uh, strong outlook uh, in, in life. Um, they take responsibility. They re- They're goal setters. They recover uh, and overcome rejection quickly. These are all opposite things from the 90%. They have a strong identity and self-concept. They see themselves as winners, not victims. Uh, They their view of money uh, is it's it's proper. They just understand it's a uh, reward for doing the right things right on a consistent basis. Uh, they have an abundance mentality. In other words, they believe there's more out there if they're willing to pay the price to, to, uh, to go and have it. And this is all tied in with, again, that lifeline, that timeline of life that we t- talked about. Uh, they're always looking forward one day at a time based on all the energy and the effort uh, to become what they said they wanted to become. And uh, so uh, summing it up, uh, They make um, balanced people. They make the most important decisions uh, they need to make in life, uh, this life, and for eternal life uh, uh, by choosing who's going to be in control of their life. They change the way they think. It always begins with changed thinking that leads to changed behaviors. Uh, But it's their thinking. It's not changing thinking because I told them to do so or you told them to do so. They develop new skills and habits. That's the ACASH we talked about. Uh, They're setting setting goals for life development plan um, based on what's important versus urgent. And uh, they understand, and I know uh, years ago Matt and Aaron, you guys picked up on this that I brought uh, to you about Andy Andrews and uh, – the uh, the traveler's gift or the seven decisions of highly successful people. It's all about a choice, and uh, he uh, sums all that up in uh, what he calls the uh, butterfly effect. Uh, the butterfly effect is everything you and I do matters. It matters to those to ourselves. It matters to those that we have influence over. It matters to our customers. It matters to uh, you know our kids. Everybody. So everything we do matters. So it's either leading us to whatever that is, to a more balanced life or to a more of an imbalanced life. So those are the uh, key things. Uh, so uh, um, one author used it as a snowball uh, uh, effect, tying it with the butterfly effect. Uh, and again, either people hate snow or love snow, but uh, they, they understand that uh, there's just certain things you need to do that build upon one another. So see each, each area separate, but also as integrated is what the book has done.
1: That's a great place to leave it, Ed. Uh, Ed Staub has been our guest today. Thank you so much for being on the show, Ed. We enjoy not only your company, but the concepts you laid out in the book, and I hope our audience takes the time to uh, study and think about those and put them into practice. It was great to see you again, Ed. It's uh, I haven't even heard your voice in probably a couple of
2: years, but we appreciate you st- not only stopping by, but you came down from the from the cabin, which was two hours away, and you could have done this on the phone, um, but I, we probably insinuated slightly, we'd much rather have you in person <laughs> and, uh, we appreciate you making the drive down and we appreciate Tibby giving you up for a half a day for us.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, Nate and Brian, uh, again, you've, been, you've always meant a lot to me I've, I've, and I just wish you well as you move forward, you've, you've got the plan, uh, continue to, as, uh, some said on management, uh, organize and execute around your priorities and uh, just make those constantly uh, yourselves first. So you have the energy to, to, to give yourself out uh, to your team members and, uh, and uh, they'll respond to it. Uh, so um, any part in that uh, was my pleasure. So thanks for everything.
1: Well, hey, that's a wrap for us here. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and our time spent with Ed Staub. I really want to challenge all of you about those eight categories and asking yourself whether any one or more of those is out of balance. And those were mental, career, emotional, social, financial, physical, family, and spiritual. If any of those are out of balance, you end up with that bumpy ride. And that's really what Ed was talking about with us today in making sure that not necessarily in time spent, but in focus given to each one of those categories that you're not overextending yourself in one or completely avoiding any of the others that you're keeping that healthy life of balance. We hope that's what you're doing. And if not, we challenge you to make the fix and look in the mirror and start that today. It's going to be a busy summer. You know, that's coming and, uh, it's, it's not going to slow down unless you choose to intentionally slow it down. So let's make that the work for this week, as well as choosing to wake up every single morning and waste no day.